February 8th, 2023, we're in Masechet Besa and Dalet Amud Bet. If you count up from the wide lines, it's three lines up, just four words onto the line right in the middle. Itmar, statement in the Midrash. Question was, Shene Yamim Tobim Shel Galuyot. In a circumstance where, as each of us are familiar with, when you live outside of Israel, we celebrate Yom Tob for two days, whereas in Israel it's just one day. Mentioned, for example, Shavuot, first days of Sukkot, second days of Sukkot, first and second days of Pesach. So we have two days, and they in Israel have only one day. So we're living outside of Israel, outside of the area, as we mentioned yesterday, where the messengers would be able to sufficiently reach uh, when they were dispatched to say when the day which was determined for Rosh Chodesh would be before the 15th of that month. So in such a circumstance, what's the halakha? in an area where they're observing two days of Yom Tov, if there's a Betzash in Nolda on the first one, what's its status on the second one? What we until now discussed, what we, what we deliberated over, was a mahloka between Rav and Rabbi Yohanan and Yom Tov uh, back-to-back with Shabbat, or Shabbat back-to-back with Yom Tov. In that circumstance, Mahlok between Rabbi Yohanan, who was lenient, Rav, who was stringent, and we said that the halakha was like Rav. The statement earlier on our page as well was Rava told us there are two other cases where the halakha is like Rav. This is the second of those two cases, of those, uh, of those three cases. Uh, so halakha in such a circumstance that we're questioning is, if there's a betah shinolda biyom tob rishon, what's its status on the second? It says the Gemara, Rav amar nolda bezeh, muteret bezeh. If it's born on the first day, it would be permitted on the second day. And as we mentioned yesterday, the logic of Rav is somewhat uh, straightforward. Uh, ultimately speaking, the assumption, for good reason, with regards to two days of Yom Tov, is that we do that because of what's called safek, as, as we already alluded to. There was a doubt in many places with regards to whether the previous month was a 30-day month or a 29-day month, meaning was day 30 Rosh Chodesh, day 31 Rosh Chodesh. That means to say, well, not really two days of Yom Tov, it's just I'm uncertain which one of these two days is the Yom Tov. And therefore, so imagine it together with me, if there's a birth of the egg on the first day of our observance of Yom Tov, if that day was Yom Tov, it means although I'm observing the second day as Yom Tov, it's not actually Yom Tov, the Torah says there's only one day of Yom Tov. I'm doing it because I'm uncertain. So certainly an egg is permitted on non-Yom Tov. Alternatively, maybe the first day was not Yom Tov and the second day is Yom Tov. Well, that means that the birth of the egg was not on Yom Tov. In such a circumstance, either way you go, the halachic terminology for that is miman nafshach, either way you do a turn on this matter, it should be permitted. That's the claim of Rav. It's a very clear claim. Says, What's that? Why would you be able to eat it on the same day? It's a safek yom tov. Right, over here, either way you slice it, the birth and the, the next day is going to make it mutar. Over there, maybe the first day is yom tov. You shouldn't be able to eat it on yom tov. That's our mishnah. Says the Gemara, "Veravase amar noda beze asura beze." Ravase, for some reason, disagrees. His, sta- his statement is: it's born on the first. It'll be Asur on the second of Yom Tov. Says the Gemara, let's deliberate. Again, Rav is somewhat straightforward. How do we understand Ravaseh? Perhaps it's because Ravaseh's understanding of two-day Yom Tov, again, rabbinic in nature, that's clear. It's not in the Torah. It's not in Eretz Yisrael, even until today. It was rabbinic in nature. Maybe the concept 
with regards to this two-day Yom Tov, in the eyes of the Hachamim, going back to the terminology we used earlier, is not that it's a 24-hour period plus a 24-hour period, but rather one long period known as 48 hours, which means... We're going to deal with Rosh Hashanah next, but uh, Nathan already says he's familiar with this. We should all be familiar with this when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, the two days, we know, we don't treat it for good reason. We'll discuss why. We don't treat it as two-day Yom Tov. So, yes, along the same lines, Rav Asse's claim is that when it comes to Yom Tov Sheni, suggests the Gemara, it's Kedusha Ahat. Uh, what the history is to how we got to two days Yom Tov, says Rav Asse, discard that, disregard that. Ultimately speaking, there are two days of Yom Tov. The rabbi's description, understanding, and vision of two days Yom Tov is one long Yom Tov. As a result, well, if it was born yesterday, maybe it's permitted. No, it's yesterday and today. It's all today. No, but what, there was night in the middle. There was night in the middle. It was 48 hours of day or of day and night uh, together. What do you mean? All right, you want to look for leniencies. All right, at this point, we're on, we're on stringencies. Says the Gemara, Lema kasavaravase kedusha achati. Says the Gemara, it can't be so. Veharavase mavdil miyomataba lechavre. Says the Gemara, Ravase, through another minhag of his own, which we're familiar with, would make havdalah at the conclusion of first day Yom Tov. If he made Havdalah at the conclusion of first day Yom Tov, well, clearly he's making he's making it uh, making it abundantly clear to us that it's two separate kiddushot. How did he make that Havdalah? In what context? Keep in mind, there's a safek berachalavatala over here. So the Rishonim and early Aharonim, Shitam Nikubetz, and others question. Maybe this was in the Tefillah. Maybe it wasn't in the standard sense. Regardless of how he was doing so, we have some sort of tradition that the words were uttered by Rav Aseh. And keep in mind, he's keeping the second day Yom Tov as well. Was he saying Hamavdil bin Kodesh lekod? And not fully clear. But ultimately speaking, we are aware of the fact that something in the household, in the midrash, in the synagogue. Of took place with regards to stating that I'm being mavdil between day one and day two. Being mavdil, separating between day one and day two, is making clear to us it's two separate kiddushot. Says the Gemara, now listen, Rav fundamentally thinks it's kiddushah ahat, but he's not 100% certain about it. That's why he made this quasi havdalah, which means to say the reason if it's a bitzashin da bezo, asura bezo, if it was born the first day Yom Tov, it's asura on the second day Yom Tov, is because it's kiddushah hot. However, he said, but maybe not. I hear what you're saying, Rav. Maybe it's two separate. That's why I do the havdalah as well. But he's machmir in both directions, both with regards to saying havdalah, because maybe it's two separate segments of 24. Alternatively, maybe it's all one. It's one segment of 48. And as a result, I can't permit that egg. Says Gemara Ravase, Sapuke Mesapekale. He was misupak, a suffix means he was uncertain. Ve'avid humra, and he did overhear stringently, meaning with regards to the betzah uh, being prohibited. Ve'achalechumra, and over here, stringently, meaning he made havdalah as well. All right, that's the statement of the Gemara. Now the Gemara steps back. Go ahead, question. Why would he make Havdalah? I'm certain it's... What's he making Havdalah? He's making Havdalah misafek. So you might say, safek I understand. That's what I'm telling you, the Rishonim debate. Lema'aseh, and that, that's why I'm not even, not, not worth going through it in my mind, all the details with regards to the deliberation. We're not, we don't do this. But what was he exactly doing? 
hard to argue he was doing a full-fledged Havdalah. Why is it hard to argue? Uh, to, 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 What's that? That's right. But he had a safik. That's what the Gemara believed initially. Then the Gemara says, The Gemara initially says he made Havdalah. The Gemara then says it can't be. And he's saying here that he thought he calculated the day Rashi is saying. He was uncertain if this was the law of the rabbis, or whether this was uh, for eternity, a 48-hour period, which the rabbis uh, established. Even if at some point we determine sufficiently and clearly that it's this day, which is Yom Tov, and not the second, we're always going to keep two days. If that were the case, that it means that when he observed two days, it was really one long one, one long day, or or perhaps hen misafek. The hachamim initially established this as an uncertainty. The hol, and one of those days is actually weekday. Uh, and then in theory, someone, not Ravaseh himself, someone in theory, he's telling you, how could it be that he was no Hegel? Was capable, but not him. He didn't do so. In theory, Ravaseh, in saying that it's Shetek Kedushot, is telling you. Yeah, go ahead. Hence, he regarded the second day of was actually and he therefore didn't eat eggs on it? And didn't eat an egg that was born on the first day? Can't be. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not the words of, it's not the words of Rav Asya. I don't, we gotta call uh, Rabbi Artscroll. I mean, I, it's misleading words is what I'm telling you. It's not, anyway, so back in the Gemara again. So the Gemara suggests therefore Rav Asya, So the Gemara, okay, let's take a step back and I try to understand. Whose opinion are we going to follow? There's significant ramifications over here. Is it Kedushah hot? Is it Sheteh Kedushot? Beyond the ramification of a beta of an egg, there's a ramification of this, uh, this uh, you know, pseudo art scroll. What's that? I'll tell you why. Why would it ever be two Kedushot? Why wouldn't it? Yeah, why would it ever be? Well, if, if the Hulk understood, but if the Hulk concept was, um, I, you, you call me up and say, in a vacuum, right? You say, Rabbi, um, I'm not telling you what's actually done. Making this case up, okay? You and I got stranded. Uh, we lost the uh, Wi-Fi. We lost the connection. We're on some island. We lost track of days. So, Rabbi, what, what are we supposed to do? I, I thought that today is Shabbat, and you thought yesterday was Shabbat. Something like that. Let's say I say to you, we're going to keep both days Shabbat. And time goes on. We're keeping every sixth and seventh, every one of those, keeping Shabbat. Then the day arrives and we, someone, uh, SOS, they found us with a helicopter. Uh, what's the status in that situation? We're now going to continue keeping two days? No. no, so it means those two days that we were keeping, we were misafed. That's the statement over That's the logic. It means that throughout generations, many generations, they were actually uncertain. Should the day come, when the day does come, the statement is of Sheteh Kedushot, perhaps we should therefore revert back to one day Yom Tov, even outside of Eretz Yisrael. That's the statement, which of course will beg the question, and we'll get to it in our Gemara, if we're going to maintain Sheteh Kedushot, uh, well, in today's day and age, for quite some time, since the time of Hillel Hasheni, we know exactly, so then why are we keeping 
both days. I mean, it's exactly that point. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's what's at stakes over here. Says the Gemara again, says the, uh, now says the Gemara, Amar Bizera, uh, the second line at the very end in the wide lines. Kavateh deravaseh mistabera. It seems logical, Sevara, that Ravaseh, who claimed Kedusha Ahat, at least in our understanding, or at the very least, a safik of Kedusha Ahat, that makes sense. I'll tell you why, Rabbi. Our conversation just now. The Haidna, Haidna means now, this is Rabbi Zerah reflecting on his generation apparently. Yad'inan bikvi'adiyarha. We are aware of, Yodea means to know, Anan means us, we know. Bikvi'ah, kvi'ud means the establishment, Yarha, Yareah has moon. We know the way the moon goes, how it waxes and wanes and when it's going to be and how we're going to determine which month is going to be what we call Chodesh Malem, which one's going to be Chodesh Haser. We have this all worked out, which one's going to be 29 days and which 30 days and so on and so forth. And as a result, perhaps we should only be keeping one day. If it was only Safek and Ha'idna Yad'inan Bikvi'ad Yarha, why Ka'avdinan Tereyome? Why is it then that we're following two days of Yom Tov. The best and only explanation, says Rabbi Zera at this point is, like Rava said, it's Kedushah Ahad. The rabbis at their inception, at a time where they were uncertain, banded together, Sanhedrin, and determined this concept of Yom Tov in Galut, since we're uncertain right now, its entity will be one long deal in terms of inv- God. What's that? Forever. That's what it sounds like. Uh, for example, just to, you know, to, to internalize that sort of concept of it being one entity and why they would do so. I would suggest the reason the hachamim would do it as such, I think this is somewhat straightforward, is uh, if it's looked at as two separate days, it's already diminished in the eyes of the people. It's diminished in your and I, mine, I, my eyes. Because, uh, listen, we are aware of it already. It's two separate. Uh, it's not the same thing. If the statement instead is, listen, this is all one unit. I know, this, but this is all one unit. It's an altogether different reality. They give Maran Masech in Nidarim uh, tells about Rabbi Akiva. That's a story that I think everyone's familiar with it at this point uh, in life. Uh, Rabbi Akiva leaves his wife for 12 years to study Torah. He returns uh, together with an entourage of many people and overhears his wife talking to someone else who's, uh, who's uh, putting her down. How could you let her, your husband go and so on and so forth? She said, I'd gladly give him another dozen. I'd rather I'm happy for him to go back and study. He leaves without saying hello to his wife very hard to understand emotional, emotionally uh, um, envisioning this, and goes another 12 years. The famous question of the mashkiach of Yeshivad Mir of Rabchaim Shmulevitz, and of everyone else by extension, why don't you just say hello to his wife? Why don't you just step into the house and, I don't know, have dinner with her or something, go out to dinner with her, I take a walk in the field with her. What was the, his suggestion, I think it, it, in my mind it resonates in context of Kiddushah Ahat, is he says that would be for Rabbi Akiva a 12 plus 12 experience years of limut. He says, Rabbi Akiva was interested in a 24-year period of limut. So he says, all the same thing. It's not the same thing. You and I can all understand the significance of not having a break, of momentum, of something that's not staggered and not separate and disparate in nature. Now again, the emotional connection and bond, and it seems to me, had a wonderful relationship with his wife. Notwithstanding, I'm certain he had her in mind and so forth, but in the context of limud, in the context of significance, in ours, Gemara as well, I'm using this as a mashal to say, Kedushah, Hat is altogether different. Set aside the eggs, set aside. 
but how do I envision what's taking place over here? So says the Gemara, then says Rabbi Zera, it must be it was Kiddushah Hat, and that was, yes, Rabbi, the rabbi's vision from the beginning, we're going to make it such in order to lend its significance. Says Abaye, I disagree. Amar Abaye, kavate derav mistabera. I have to disagree. I believe that when we uh, celebrate uh, Yom Tov Sheni Shel Galuyot, we're effectively celebrating uh, by extension, halachically speaking, in the static realm of halacha, for our purpose, you know, it's not in the experiential, but halacha, noda bezo, muteret bezo, according to Rav, and Abaye is making that claim. Why would you, how would you prove that it's shetekidushot? Ditnan, after all, we have a Mishnah, which most of us learned together in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Barishona Hayu Masi'in Masu'ot, initially. When the witnesses were accepted with regards to their testimony of the new month, of seeing that new moon, uh, what would happen was, in order to get the word out, the Sanhedrin would be Masi'in Masu'ot. They'd go to the top of, and the Mishnayot described the mountains, they'd go to the top of the mountains, and they had a special system for showing others that this is Rosh Chodesh, when Rosh Chodesh is. So they'd have a fire system, top of one mountain, they'd see it on the next one, far away, and they'd raise fire, and then they'd raise fire, and so on and so forth, until you got the word out. Uh, says the Mishnah, Mishikilkilu Hakutim, there were those detractors of our tradition, those who didn't want us to have our regular system, the Kutim, the troublemakers, and they, as a result, threw off the system when it was really, there was no acceptance of witnesses. And it was going to be a 30-day month instead of a 29-day month. They went to the top of the mountain on the night and they were showing people that now is Rosh Chodesh. So they made all sorts of trouble. We couldn't use that system any longer. That system was a very strong system. You got out the word very quickly. That's what broke it. The Kutim broke it. Sheyehu Hitkinu, the rabbis of the time period established, Shehu Shiluchin Yosein. And they said, we're going to dispatch messengers. Dispatching messengers takes a lot more time. Raising up fire from one mountain to one uh, tens of miles away to the next one. Hey, you could do that all in an hour. You could reach from one country to the next. Dispatching messengers, you have to go through border lines. You have to be dealing with sleeping overnight and so on and so forth. It takes a lot longer. And therefore, that's the time period during which this whole Yom Tov Sheni Shel Galuyot and a further reaching uh, um, way uh, came about. Says Abaye now, take a step back and analyze of, and appreciate that Mishnah. When there were and are no longer those troublemakers, what is the Mishnah effectively telling us? Avdinan We should only be keeping one day. The only reason you're keeping two days is because you have the troublemakers and you can't get the word out quickly. If you could get the word out quickly, uh, let me fast forward to today. Remember as a child, I said this at some point, I remember the rabbi making a speech in B'nai Arisyon, and he talked about fax machines. You could get the word from one side of the environment. I remember as a child, I was mesmerized. Imagine. I mean, you know, when you have text messages, when you have anything, you get the word across in seconds, um, almost before you even uh, thought about it. Uh, well, then we should only be keeping one day Yom Tov. That by extension, the Mishnah is telling us we should only be keeping one day Yom Tov. Well, that being the case, and now Abaye, finishing his analysis, says, where we do know, we don't even need messengers, we don't need text messages, fax machines, email, any of that any longer. We have it all established, we're all aware of how this will be and, we, and was established, the, the, the determination of when Rosh Chodesh is, so then why do we keep two days of Yom Tov? Now, Abaye has set forth the case that this is Tereke Dushot. He's made clear that the 
the Mishnah was telling us, uh, somewhat implicitly, but almost explicitly, that when you do know, wherever you may be, what day is actually Yom Tov, you're keeping one day Yom Tov, not two days Yom Tov, as Rabbi Zera, in the opinion of Rabbi Aseh, was telling us. Oh, so then why do we keep two days? Mishum deshalhu mitam. Because there was a message at some point in time from there. And back in the time of the Gemara, they had Shem as well. Shem was Eretz Yisrael, Shem. They sent from there, from Eretz Yisrael. This was the message to Bnei Hagola. This was the message to those who were dwelling in Babel and anywhere else. First and foremost, be careful, steadfast, with regards to the Minhag, the practice of your forefathers. What's that practice? Two days Yom Tov. Why so? It's not fully clear yet, but now we have something else mentioned. Zimnin, it might happen that sometimes uh, the ruling uh, monarchy, uh, the government that you find yourselves uh, ruled uh, uh, by, they'll make a decree, gezera, some sort of decree, which will bring forth the atele ikalkule. It'll bring forth a mess up in the calculation. They won't allow for you to be involved in those calculations. They'll make restrictions of some sort or another. As a result, to avoid that danger, danger, two days Yom Tov. Before we go back and analyze these words again, I want to just, again, a step back. Abaye then made the final claim on this matter that effectively, proving himself from that Mishnah in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, that in a day and time during which you should and will know which day is the actual Yom Tov. You shouldn't be keeping two days Yom Tov. Why is it then that we keep two days Yom Tov? Minhag. What do we call that Minhag then effectively? We call that Sheteh Kedushot. That's the clear conclusion of Abaye here in our Gemara. It's Abaye, but Abaye is proving it from a Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah. He gets the final word on this. He proved it from a Mishnah. They're not just making a diuk of some sort or another. That's the punchline here in our Gemara. It happens to be this was a matter which was wondered about for some period afterwards. The Gemara seems clear. I, I want to repeat again because people sometimes get frustrated in the context of Yom Tov Sheni, but we know today my response always is, Baruch Haba, you're not the one who now knows. We don't know today. They knew in the Talmud's time. They were fully aware that he's explicit. We saw the Bizera saying, Ha'idna, now, Yad'inan bikfi Adiyarcha. They had no doubt. They were fully aware and they were nonetheless comfortable with Yom Tov Sheni. What was the reason? He's Arubim in Hagavotechim Biedechim. So I want to now just take a, a step. That's why you that's why you're allowed to eat the egg, which is the rationale for why you're keeping two days at all. But yes, correct. In the context of our sugya, that's why you're allowed to eat the egg which on the second day of Yom Tov. Absolutely. That's why there's a leniency, because instead of a 48-hour period, it's 24 and 24. Because the second or first, whatever it is, is a minhag. But what? Yes. But what does that minhag mean? No, no. So what, what is this minhag then? Uh, what, what sort of minhag? Because of the government? But we're aware of the determination. It's not, I was like, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know. Well, the government doesn't allow it, so then you're going to be keeping two days for that reason. No, you, know, you, you have your calendar, you know, you're, you're going to keep track. You just don't know which day is the Yom Tov. You don't have a calendar which has set in it. So it, it took, it took less than, 
less than 500 years after the time of the Gemara. I, I don't know that this is the first to address it, but this is the source that I'm familiar with, Rav Haigaon. Rav Haigaon was one of, as, as his name um, represents, was one of the Geonim. So he's living in a place called Pumbedita, where some of the rabbis of our Gemara are residing, but he's living some 400 years later. He's living in the 10th century. He's a, he's a, a leader of his community. His works are, are very important with regards to halakha and practice and instruction. And he was asked, He's quoting our Gemara, <laughs> Effectively, he just quoted the Gemara. So then why do we keep two days of Yom Tov? He says, there are two answers. Oh, what do you mean there are two answers? We just read the Gemara. There's one answer. Listen to how he breaks down the Gemara. The first one is, First one is, but seem to be the only reason mentioned in that Gemara. There might be persecution. There might be a reason which uh, provokes us as a community, as a nation, because of the government that we're not able to determine this in this classical, in the, in the right way. And that's the statement in the Gemara. Zimnin sometimes, that's the words in the Gemara in his version. This is, but there's a second reason. Now, before I read it, I'm going to tell you what, he, what, what his, his diuk in the Gemara is. His diuk in the Gemara is, what was the message from Sham, from Eretz Yisrael? The message was not just, sometimes there might be a Gezerah, so therefore keep two days. It was a twofold message. Number one, make certain that you hold steadfast to the Minhag. Number two, here's the reason why. Rav Haigaon reads that as two separate reasons. Reason number two, he presented as number one, it might actually necessitate, based on circumstances, that you keep two days. You won't be certain, and you'll be so knocked out of shape because in the past years you were certain, you're no longer certain. But the first reason mentioned in the Gemara, according to Rav Haigaon, is Yisaharu b'min ha'gavotechem, ki ha'nevi'im sivu et Yisrael she'bechus ha'aret. Ve'enanu yodi'in amitat ilat ha'davar bevadai. This was a takana from the time, in his mind, of the prophets. It's from the time of the prophets, and as a result, as much as we believe that we've gotten to the bottom of their rationale and reasoning, ultimately speaking, it was presented to the people as, this is what we do. And that's a fundamental and principle in halakha in many circumstances. And so his statement in turn is, are you certain that whatever their rationale, and there may have been more than one reason for keeping two days Yom Tov, are you certain that that reason is gone? Halakha mu'et mu'ateket. He, that's an ancient halakha, mi Moshe Rabbeinu, mi Pia Givura, kol davar she b'minyan, sarich minyan ha'chelahatiro. Principle goes like this. We'll find it in Gemara in several places. If the rabbis banded together, if the establishment, maybe yes, we'll discuss in a moment. The answer is yes, but only in theory, because a davar shebiminyan is far from simple to do away with. Davar shebiminyan means they came together and they voted on it. They made a matter which was solid. Anytime you have a davar shebiminyan, and it's not so often. That was a statement of the establishment of the time period. This is going to continue irrespective of how realities change. That's the suggestion. The suggestion is, because, A, 
Maybe I'm not fully certain what the reason was. Be, even if I am certain, they made this as an established The only way you could do away with that is if you have a minyan acher lehatiro, which means that you need to have A, the same size assembly, and the Gemara goes further, and you need to be greater in wisdom. Got news for you. In rabbinic tradition, it's not going to. As much as sometimes this is annoying for people, I use this as a paradigm of how halakha works. And what I mean by that is, oftentimes halakha is determined by the practice which was accepted over time. And therefore, irrespective of why this practice began, it may have begun because of A, or because of B, or because of C, the fact that this is now what we do, irrespective of, well, you know, they were mistaken on that, that becomes the halakha for, that's the shahomitan. The change goes about only, only, if you then have a movement which changes it. The change doesn't come about from you, or me, or any great scholar saying, well, I think that the reason no longer, that won't work. That's, that, that's the strength of the system. It will work if, and I'll give you the, if, if the example I give all the time for this, if people just start doing differently. If the rabbinic establishment and the lay people together say, listen, here's how we understand it. And we just start practicing. It's the only way it's going to change. And do, things do change in that respect. It's rare, but it does. It takes a lot of time. And I've, over the course of many classes, pointed out how halakha does develop but it's slow because its strength is um, uh, the, the example I gave uh, more than once, whether it actually happened or not, and, and not to be uh, uh, you know, taken as, as a message in some way or another, it's the story I read, is about Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach. Rabbi Arbach, who was a scholar, a rabbi from Yerushalayim, died in 1995. Uh, allegedly, someone came and asked him and said to him, uh, women today wearing pants, that could be very sanua, could be very modest. Ah, of course, they're tight, but by extension, mini skirts and tight-fitting skirts could be not so modest. I know traditional garb, I'm aware of all that sort of stuff, but maybe there's room for a leniency. It's no longer considered the clothing of men, per se. This apparently was the conversation with him. And with a smile, and I imagine a twinkle and wink of his eye, he said, listen, uh, you, you happen to be right, but... The first several thousand women who will do so, they'll all be Yoresh Gehinan. Those were his words. In other words, they're going against tradition. They're going against. I'm not. I, I said very clearly, don't uh, don't take any message, any subliminal or explicit messages. But he said after that, it will then change. Again, what he's effectively saying is, I hear your logic. It doesn't just quickly change like that. It's over time and development matters will change. Uh, listen, I, I, Mars isn't here now. I say it all the time in the context of our prayer books. Our Sidur, if you follow carefully and you pay attention to it, even the Kol Yaakov Sidur, over time, and something changes over here and something over there, and they have a lot of power, whoever's making these changes, because effectively they now put in front of every person, once you started doing it, I'd like there to be sourcing for why that happened, but once they now sat in front of the people and got people unknowingly to be doing so, it has then changed in terms of the Nosah of the Tefillah Lehavdil. Anyway, that's the statement here in the Gemara with regards to Yom Tov Cheney. But 
I'll tell you why. Because from the time we no longer had Sanhedrin, we were already Yodea Bikvi Adi And as a result, we just maintained it. Now the question, and I'll address this very briefly, the question is, is this a binding halakha for all of exile versus all of Israel? Keep in mind this was dependent upon dispatch of, of messengers. They were probably were certain there were areas where there was no inhabitants of Jews during the time that we were dispatching in Israel, so they weren't getting there within 15 days. There was no one getting there. Uh, by extension, there were places that sometimes they just sent them late, and there were places outside of Israel where they got there very quickly. This happens to be a mahluk between Harambam and Ritva. Generally speaking, we're just posek lahalacha that everywhere in Israel is going to keep one day. Even though it's far from being simple, not everyone would make that, that claim. There are places outside of Israel who historically to the best of my knowledge, no one today did keep one day. They had tradition that it was, the, the messengers got there beforehand, uh, but uh, the, the way, for one reason or another, over time, there you go, in terms of development of halachas, outside of Israel it's going to be two days, in Israel it's going to be one day. This is the, this is the way, what's that? What is exactly? Also a very important question, also a very important question, and then probably has to do with the biblical uh, um, uh, borders of Eretz Israel, but you know, also somewhat of an important question, again, because we're now saying we're not so expansive with regards to how the messengers reached and that sort of thing. What? Well, that's what I was just addressing. No, that's what I was just addressing. The, the point is that in Israel, they were already, at the point where we lost governance, we were already so we never stopped with it. That's the assumption. That's the way Haram Bam writes it. Um, the issue of a person from Chutz La'aretz who goes to Israel for the holiday is never addressed. I told you this is the sugya of Yom Tov Sheni. It's never addressed here. That's dependent upon a, uh, uh, uprooting yourself from one place where there's a minhag to another place where there's a minhag. It's a gemaran masechet pesachim. The whole debate amongst the poskim doesn't emanate from here. But this is the sugya which addresses why we keep a two-day Yom Tov. What the gemara does, and I'll just read the first line over here going forward, is, so, okay, we've dealt with Yom Tov Sheni. Uh, we dealt with Shabbat into Yom Tov, Yom Tov into Shabbat. We have to deal with Nathan's issue. The third one, What's the status of two days of Rosh Hashanah? Conceptually and practically. Oh, so there you go. The first opinion we see over here is Rav and Shemuel. Rav and Shemuel's opinion is, If it's born, the, the egg on the first day, it's going to be permitted on the second day. What is their opinion quite clearly? They're saying, and We're going to have to deal with this with regards to halakha and proofs on this matter. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. Asura B'zeh, I'm sorry. That it's Kedusha Ahat. Whereas we'll see the other opinion on that. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen,